Welcome to the house of the Lord this morning. Every week I say the same thing. I'm excited to come into the house of the Lord. There's nowhere else in the world that I would rather be on a Sunday morning than here with you um, to enter into his presence, to worship him with uh, great passion and singing and dancing. That's a big thing in the Ackerman house. We love to be passionate. We go all in. We're all in for, for Jesus this morning. Um, he's worthy this morning of our praise. Um, he's better than Tom Brady in the Super Bowl game. We cheer for that. So, you know, we come in the house of the Lord, we cheer for Jesus. Amen. Uh, we're excited this morning because Chucky's here. Woo-hoo. Our hearts just like leapt. We're so excited that you're here, buddy. We're so excited that you're here this morning, dude. We've been praying for you. God's got you, little man. He's got you and your whole family. All right, so we're just excited about that. Um, Go ahead and stand up with me this morning. We're just going to prepare our hearts um, to worship worship this morning and to receive from heaven this morning. Amen. I've got a call to worship. I'm going to read out of uh, Psalm chapter 9. And before I, before I read it, I just want to make a comment. The prayer team was up here this morning. And the, just the power of their prayers and the anointing that was falling before this service even started was tangible. I walked up here, I felt it. I felt it. It's a tangible presence of God this morning. And I know he's going to move mightily in our midst. And so because of that, I'm going to read this call to worship to us this morning. It says, says this, uh, verse 1, I will praise you, O Lord. Come on, church. I will praise you, O Lord, with my whole heart. I will tell of your marvelous works. I will be glad and rejoice in you. I will sing praise to your name, O Most High. Father, we just worship you the Most High. We give you glory. We give you honor today. We're so grateful to be in your presence as a church family together. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Let's worship. God so loved, he so loved this world that he gave. He gave his son to come as a sacrifice To come to be the way, the truth, and the life, but to show us not even his son escaped suffering. In fact, his son came and stepped into suffering and suffered every temptation that we have felt, every heartbreak that we have experienced. He came and he walked through that he wouldn't be a savior that didn't know but a Savior who not only knows our hearts, but knows intimately through experience the heartbreak, the pain, the suffering that we have walked through. And he comes alongside of us, and he says, I am with you. I am with you, and I am for you. I will never leave you, and I will never forsake you. Why do we rejoice? Why do we lift our hands? Why do we shout out hallelujah? Because some of us, some of us know Some of us know what it means to have a Savior who never leaves us, who never forsakes us. In our weakest moments, in our ugliest moments, in the moments where we're being ugly on purpose, he stands next to us and he is there and he is ready for us to turn to him and say, okay, I'm done now. I need help. I need out. I need you. I trust you. And we reach our hands out and he reaches down. And he takes us 
and he walks with us. This morning, I, it's interesting, I had the opportunity to, I have the opportunity to sit down with a good friend on Sunday morning sometimes, and the, the things that we talk about, God always stirs them up then. He's always preparing for this service. He's always preparing for this time together. And we were talking about the revelation of who God is and how it's his goodness that brings us to repentance. It's when we see clearly who Jesus is, who he is, that we begin to, to feel, we, we focus on his love for us, on, on how we deserve, we don't deserve the faithful love of such a savior. We don't deserve it. And so when we have that revelation, we, we start looking at him, we start looking at our sin or our fear or our worry, whatever it is we're holding on to, we look at him and we begin, as we meditate on his love and as we meditate on who he is, we begin to want to choose him over it. We say, this is so hard to let go of, or this is so hard to release, but I want you, and I, want to, I, I just want you because you're so good. So this morning, I was talking to this friend, and I said how when I was a little, well, I was probably in my mid-30s, and I was going through some things, and I was working them out with the Lord, and you know you can work things out with God. You can work out the real things with him. And I remember I was just in this time, Jason was probably snoring next to me, kids were all sleeping, and I was in this time of intense prayer, and I was just weeping, and I was just like, why didn't you help me? Like, why didn't you help me? I don't understand. How can a child cry out in the midst of just violence and fear and that the, the, the world crumbling around them. And why didn't you help me? I prayed and I prayed and I prayed and it didn't seem like you helped me. And in that moment, he showed me. He showed me, me, little me, and I'm hiding behind a chair. And my home is just coming apart at the seams. There's yelling and screaming and violence and all kinds of ugly things. And there I am, I'm hiding behind a chair. And he showed me. And I saw he was right there next to me. He was just right next to me. I was like, but it didn't get better, Lord. It didn't get better. And he showed me, like in an instant, he asked me, he's like, where are you now? Look around you now. From there to here, where have I walked you? Because you have followed me, Liz, because you have trusted in me, even though it didn't get better like magic, it didn't get better overnight, but I walked through the valley. I walked you out of that situation. Look at where you're standing now. Look at where you're standing now. And I told this friend this morning, I think without Jesus, I would have married a mean man. I would have married an abusive man. I would have had a substance, a substance issue. I would have been either very, very overweight or very, very thin. Like I would not have been healthy. It would not have been good. I would have been living in death and destruction had it not been for Jesus. Had it not been for Jesus who was there. He was there. And as, ch as a child and even now as adults, sometimes we cry out and we ask him, but why didn't you do something? Why didn't you make that not happen? What is going on here? Are you who you say you are or are you not? And he cries out. His heart just, it grieves with those who are grieving. It mourns with those who are mourning. He says, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. And if you will look to me and if you'll Trust in my goodness. I will walk you out of this. I will walk you through this. But God the Father himself would say, I didn't come and rescue my son. My own son came. And he walked the road of suffering. 
and he trusted me along the way, and he did it to save all of us, that there would be a way through the suffering. There would be a way through the heartache. There would be a way through all that the enemy has laid in store for us to take us out. There is a way through. He is with us, church. He is with us this morning. He is with us, and he is for us. And there were three men who stood, and they said, we will not bow down to idols. We will not do what you want us to do. If you throw us in a furnace, we still will not bow down. Because God is for us, we will not bow down. And you know, God didn't stop the evil men from throwing them in the furnace. They were thrown in the furnace. But what happened was, is the people looked, and they said, what is that we see? Didn't you throw three men in the furnace? Because I see four. The king of kings, the God of heaven came down and was with them in the furnace. And they walked out of the furnace and they didn't even smell like smoke. Church, these these real events, they happened. They are there because the goodness of God, the faithfulness of God, it it is a fact that cannot be destroyed or removed or made less than. Our suffering does not make him less than. He is who he says he is. He will do what he says he will do. And God sent his son because he so loved the world. And because not a single one of us is without sin. Every single one of us needs Jesus every single minute of every single day. He is our savior. Every single one of us. So church, it's an honor and a privilege and a day of rejoicing that we come to the table of communion this morning. This is what we do to celebrate the body and the blood of Jesus. We partake of it. We partner with him. We partner with him. The middle plate is gluten-free. You can begin to move because I got a few more things that I'm just going to keep preaching. You can move down the aisles and take your elements and circle back to your seats. We're going to partake of communion together this morning. This is his body and his blood poured out for us poured out for us that we can reach out in the physical and partner with him and partake of the grace, the power, the mercy, the salvation of the cross this morning. Thank you, Lord. It's funny you said the goodness of God leads us to repentance. It's his goodness. It's his faithfulness. Nothing but that. Every good and perfect gift is from Him. And it's His goodness that leads us to the cross. Guys, let's just take a moment. As Pastor Liz was just sharing, let's just take a moment to reflect on the words that the Holy Spirit spoke through her this morning. He paid the price, the ultimate price. Each one of us has sinned. Each one of us has fallen short. But he made a way. Jesus made the way. Thank you. Church, he not only made the way for our rescue. You know, he didn't come to that little girl and just prop her up just so much. What he does is he comes, he, in his body broken, he's made the way for your total healing. 
It's not just, he doesn't just heal. He doesn't just love a little bit. He doesn't just heal a little bit. He doesn't just give a little bit. It is the more we release to him our pain, our, our suffering, our hurt, our doubt, our fear, the greater we turn to him and we, we, we lose ourselves in him. We place ourselves so close to him. Like right now, I want to use you as like a, an example. Open your arms. We place him so, we place ourselves so close into him. And if he, if Jason wrapped himself around me to where one, you can't tell where one person starts and the other person ends. And the, the greater we do that, the more, the more permission he has, the more he can come and do in our lives above and beyond more than we could ask or think. He didn't take that little girl and just, you know, do a little bit. I'm living a life above and beyond what I could have even possibly dreamt in that moment or any time, actually, in the first 20 years, more than I could have ever possibly dreamt. The healing, the provision, um, his love, we experience it and we walk in it to the depth that we trust him, to the depth that we come to know him, to the depth that we will turn to him. And we will only turn. There's only actually one human being, well, maybe nine I have eight children. There might be nine human beings that I trust enough to try to lose myself in, to get so close to, because the level of trust in who they are is so complete. So church, this morning as we take communion, I just want to, I want you guys to close your eyes and just press into who he is, who he's been in your life, who he has shown himself to be. If you don't know him this morning, just close your eyes and ask him to reveal himself to you. And you'll begin, he'll begin to show you and remind you of things in your life, of, of times when he was there, when he's pressed in, when his Holy Spirit has pressed in on your heart and reached out for you. And his only question is, will you open your heart and your hands and will you receive my love? This morning, God, we say yes. This morning, God, we say yes. God, open our eyes yes. to see you. Yes. Flood our hearts with the knowledge of your goodness and your love for us this morning, God. Yes. Move in our lives, God. We will follow you. Thank you, Jesus. We trust you this morning. We trust you with our lives. We trust you with our pain and our hearts, with our, with our need, Father, with our, with, our, with our everything, God. We trust you this morning. We thank you for the body of your son, Jesus, God. We thank you that it was broken for us, that we could be made whole. That's right. We thank you for the blood poured out, that we could be forgiven, that every sin could be washed away and made clean. God, and when we step into sin again, we cry out to you because we trust in the body and the blood. We trust in the love poured out. We trust in who you are this morning, Father. And we partake in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. The Bible says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you.
the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke and he said, Take, eat. This is my body which is broken for you. Do it in remembrance of me. Let us partake. We trust you, Jesus. God, we trust you, Father. Thank you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We believe in your word. Thank you, Lord. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Let us partake. Stand with me, church. We're going to continue to worship the Lord this morning. We want to thank him for how good he is, how worthy he is. He's worthy of our praise. Amen. Amen. The altar is open if you... Want to come up front and worship? You're more than welcome to do so this morning. And as we go into this song, the song is called Worthy, as Pastor Jason mentioned. And my brother this week uh, was listening to a, a preacher, and the preacher was talking about how the devil might come at you and say, You're not worthy. You know, you might have messed up, sinned, whatever. You're not worthy. And the preacher said, That's okay. You just remind him, I was never worthy in the first place. It's Jesus that's worthy. It's him who makes us righteous. So as we sing this song, I don't care how you're feeling. You might feel awful, not worthy. Sing it from your heart, with your heart, in spirit and in truth, and let's glorify. For anyone who has a seed of doubt about what Pastor Liz said earlier, remember what the scripture said about Jesus being the light, and the light overcame darkness. And remember what scripture said, that when Jesus touched the leper, he did not become dirty, but the leper became clean. So that when we come to Jesus, we don't cover him with our filth. He covers, up with his, covers us with his goodness. In Isaiah chapter 54 and verse 10, the Lord says, For the mountains shall depart and the hills be removed, but my kindness shall not depart from you, nor shall my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord, who has mercy on you. O oh, you afflicted one tossed with tempest and not comforted, behold, I will lay your stones with colorful gems and lay your foundations with sapphires. I will make your pinnacles of rubies, your gates of crystal, and all your walls of precious stones. All your children shall be taught by the Lord, and great shall be the peace of your children. In righteousness you shall be established. You shall be far from oppression, for you shall not fear. And from terror, for it shall not come near you. Indeed, they shall surely assemble, but not because of me. Whoever assembles against you shall fall for your sake. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your word, Lord. Thank you for your word. Thank you, Jesus. Are you hearing him today, church? (laughs) 
Are you hearing the word of the Lord this morning, church? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. The Lord gave me that scripture. I was looking up at that picture. And all he said is, though the mountains crumble into the sea, my word shall remain. Hallelujah. And then he led me to that scripture. Hallelujah. Though the literal mountains will crumble into the sea. The word of the Lord will remain forever. Forever. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, as we just... We just soak in your presence this morning. We thank you for your word. We thank you for speaking to us, Lord. Encouraging us, loving us, caring for us. Cleansing us, saving us, healing us. We thank you for it all, Lord. We thank you for it all. Give you praise for it in your precious name. The powerful, powerful name. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, well, told you at the beginning it was going to be good. It's never not good. I've never (laughs) once come into the doors of Erie Christian Fellowship Church and been disappointed. By the presence of God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Not a single time. So um, thank you, Lord. We welcome you this morning. If this is your first time with us, um, we welcome you. It's always an honor uh, to worship the Lord um, with guests. Uh, we invite you on the back of the seats. There's a connection card. If you want to put your name, um, email, we'll send you a welcome email to connect you with our website. Uh, that's also a place to put prayer requests, praise reports. Um, testimonies, and those go into the offering buckets, which will be up here on the stage uh, during our break. We're going to take a little break, encourage one another, say hi to some people. If you are an ECF kid, you know you can get your your kid bag. If you're a guest and you have children, I have special guest bags for um, your child. Uh, I have bags for, I think, pre-K through grade six. Our nursery is open this morning, but it is not staffed because this is Fifth Sunday. If you're interested in serving in the nursery and serving on Fifth Sunday, I need a Fifth Sunday team. I wasn't planning on announcing that, but I need a Fifth Sunday team of a minimum of two adults. So um, the nursery is a beautiful space. The children are just a blessing to serve and the families. Um, So if that's of interest to you, don't hesitate to uh, let me know. Family room is open. Family room is across the lobby, and that's a place where children can play and parents can stay as well. Up to about age eight, there's coloring and toys, and you can also hear the service in there. And is that all? Littles. ECF Littles. ECF Littles. I love ECF Littles because my Maggie Mae goes. That's ministry for ages four, five, and six. Uh, that, um, That classroom meets during the break. If that classroom is down by the nursery, you just go out and turn right. And so we have lots of fun things for the little kids and families. Anything else? All right, five minutes. Let's greet one another and um, love on each other. All right, church friends, find your seat. In the Ackerman house, move your feet, lose your seat is a really, it's like a very real reality. There's so many people in the house. Also, don't leave chocolate sitting around. That's it. Unapologetically, it will disappear. Well, actually, I'll apologize. But I'm like, yeah, I ate that. It was there. I'm so sorry. 
So my kids know, don't leave chocolate, and if you move your feet, you might lose your seat. All right. I sometimes just come up with little things to wait while people get in their seats. And Okay. Uh, announcements. There's lots of fun things happening um, at ECF, lots of opportunities to connect and to um, grow, to partake, to participate. Um, unofficial announcement, I had already said, if you're interested in, in working the nursery, we are interested in that. Um, so let me know. Uh, summer nights. Summer nights has been happening since the beginning of the summer. Uh, we took one week off for softball playoffs. Uh, summer nights is at Fridays from 5 to 8 up at the Rose Center. Uh, food is served around 5.15-ish. Uh, and it's really just a big picnic where I provide good food. Um, I try to make it good food. We've had fried chicken. We've had hot dogs, but they're Smiths, so we've had some hot dogs. We've had some mini sandwiches. We had, what did we have last, last time? Bacon, chicken, ranch, pizza. That was really good. So don't come, come for the food, come for the people, because that really is the best part. Whether a lot of people come, this is why we love this event, this is why we plan this event, because if 15 people show up, 10 of them would be us. So let's say if 25 people show up, you got 10 Ackermans and 15 people, and we just have a nice time. We're not looking to kind of have a big event. We're not looking, you know, to feel good about ourselves that, oh, 100 people show up. Would we be excited if 100 people came and we got to serve them and they got to connect and visit with one another? Absolutely, we'd be thrilled. But we're honestly just as thrilled when it's 25 people because we get to hang out and it's smaller and it's lovely. So come and be a part of something that is easy. We're working to make it easy to come and have a good time, um, to eat, to fellowship. There's music. There's, you know, cornhole or quates. If anyone knows what quates are, I love quates. So that's Friday night, 5 to 8. Also, this Wednesday is August 3rd already. I know, yay. August 3rd, he doesn't probably know this, is the anniversary of our first date. So that's 24 years ago. You do know that. Good for you. August 3rd um, is a worship and prayer night. Uh, And it's here in the sanctuary it starts at 6.30. It is, the focus is on prayer, okay? There is worship playing in the background. It might be one song for an hour. Um, it might be two songs. So it's, the focus is really on prayer. We have worship nights, and there is one coming, I believe, up in August, and the last one was really awesome. Am I doing this right, Sid? Am I getting this right? Okay. Um, we have worship nights that are worship nights. There's like 10 songs, and we just we dance, we sing, we praise. It's awesome. It's fun. Prayer nights have worship at them, but it really is very laid back. You can come for 20 minutes and then go. You can walk around and pray. Oftentimes, Pastor Jason will go out and pray through the lobby, um, and our worship team is just awesome to come and give us some, some worship music to pray to. So we invite you out. That's this Wednesday, 630. Come out and pray uh, because this is a house of prayer. All right. Uh, I've got a scripture here we're going to read over our tithes and offerings. I'm going to pray, and I'm looking forward to what Jeremy, Reverend Jeremy Gall has for us this morning. Because how many of you were here two weeks ago? Come on, man. It's gonna, I'm looking forward to what he has. And i got two test, quick testimonies I'll share real quick because it kind of will lead into today. But my scripture for, uh, for our tithes and offerings out of James 1 says this, Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Don't be deceived, because every good 
gift. And every perfect gift is from where? From above, from the Father. Comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Every good, every perfect gift, everything that we have in our lives, whether it's our finest, whatever, it is from Him, and it's because of Him and because of who He is. Amen? Verse 18 says, Of His own will He brought us forth by the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of His creatures. Amen. I mean, we always think of first fruits as in, the, in the regarding offering, like giving. But you know that we are first fruits of His kingdom. Amen. We are created in His image. How amazing and awesome is that to have a loving Father like Him. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you, Lord, for every gift, every giver. Father, I thank you, Lord, that this church will be debt-free in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you are moving and working on that. We give you all the honor and the praise and the glory for it. Every bill paid in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. So before uh, Jeremy comes up, I just have two quick testimonies from the last time he was here. Uh, I know many of you had some miraculous healings during the church service, which was awesome. Uh, There was a young man who began speaking in tongues. Hallelujah. There is no, uh, there's no junior Holy Spirit, okay? This young man's not even a teenager, teenager, and he was able to, I mean, just the presence of God was so tangible, it was amazing. And then I got a testimony from Brother Ryan here, uh, I didn't ask him to give it, so I'm just going to say it. After you were here, this guy went on a trip to Florida. Let me just read this. As I was flying into Tampa yesterday, and we were descending, the pilot got on the speaker told the flight attendants to sit down because within five minutes we were going to go through a storm and there was going to be possibly heavy turbulence and for all everyone to buckle in. I knew this was a Jesus moment. I started smiling and I took authority over the storm, commanding it to dissipate and die. Hallelujah. Dissipate and die and said there will be no turbulence or at least very little in Jesus' name. And the Lord sent angels right in the midst of this. And guess what? There was absolutely no turbulence, no storm, but absolute peace and nice weather. And he writes, mind-boggling. Guess what? We shouldn't be shocked about this, right? (laughs) Just expect it already, is what he said. And then Andy responded as, absolutely, we shouldn't be surprised by this, because God is good and he is faithful. Amen? Amen. Amen. Brother Jeremy, come on up and share with us. Thank you, brother. Good morning, everybody. Hallelujah. Amen. That sounds like Jesus, doesn't it? Amen. Doesn't that sound exactly like the Gospels? Doesn't that sound exactly what... Is he still a storm calmer today? Somebody say amen. Is Is there still nothing too difficult for him? Yeah, amen. Praise God. Who, uh, anybody here this morning, who is, you don't have to say anything, but just by a show of hands, when we prayed for the sick two Sundays ago, something changed in your body. Hold up your hand right here. Yeah, back there in the sound booth. Let me look at anybody else over there. Let's rejoice with them. Amen. Well, everybody say out loud, say Jesus is here. here. Turn to your neighbor, somebody around you, say Jesus is here, neighbor. Do you guys believe it? Bible says two or more are gathered in his name. There he is in the midst of you. But you know, if you just came here and you're a believer, he'd come with you. Amen. He said he's with us always, even to the end of the world. Amen. 
Isn't that good news? Some people say, well, it's the end times. Thank God for that promise. He's with us, even to the very end, even to when it's all wrapped up and over, he's gonna be with us every minute, every day, every hour. Somebody say amen. Amen. Praise God. I'm stirred up again to be back with you, so honored. Uh, Like we said, Jesus is here, so there'll be miracles today, right? Amen? Because he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He hasn't changed. Like I love that testimony testimony pastor shared brother on the airplane he still calms storms doesn't he and he was not surprised I love it man I love it no I'm how many come expecting today and you won't be surprised when something either changes in your body or changes in your soul or changes in somebody around you because we're expecting Jesus to be who he's always been amen we're expecting him to do what he's always done praise God well uh yeah I'm just excited we'll get right into it if I say, uh, I share a couple quick testimonies, some things have been going on. If I say tent meeting, how many people here know like what I'm talking about? Raise your hand. I knew Brother Paul Luciano does. <laughs> yeah. Tent meeting. Let, let, hold them up for a second. Let me look around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. All right. Praise God. Tent meeting. So I, uh, earlier this year, Lord gave me a scripture, and I'll read it to you. You don't need to turn there, but it was in, a, I was just studying one day. The scripture jumped out at me. It's in Psalm 118, verse 15. And it says, The voice of rejoicing and salvation is in the tents of the righteous. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. Let me read that again. The voice of rejoicing and salvation is in the tents of the righteous. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. And I was reading that. And I just knew, you know, I know, it, I'm sure like if you broke it down, it could, pro- it could possibly mean just a dwelling place. You know, a lot of times you see that in the Old Testament. But it came to me as a word from the Lord, the tents of the righteous. I just knew in my heart that the that Lord was speaking to me about tents, about tent meetings. And so that, I just, you know, it just made an impression on me. And I just said, man, you know what, and, and I, you know, and I'll kind of, man, I'm telling you, I've done a few, but I've never had my own tent. And uh, anybody who's done them, I've worked with other people who've done them, and it could be a real hassle and stuff like that. And there's nothing, there's nothing magical about it, you know, in the tent itself. I mean, you could set up a tent for a wedding or a graduation party or a, or a family reunion. There's nothing supernatural about the tent itself, but it, 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 is, it has come to symbolize something to us, doesn't it? I mean, when somebody says something like that, you kind of, there's th- thoughts that come to mind. For some of us who are familiar with it and have heard of tent meetings from days gone by or been in some. And um, so anyways, you know, it just was stirring in my heart. Then Jocelyn and I were watching some old YouTube videos of, of, of preachers. And this one guy started talking about tent meetings. And I just shared with her this scripture. I said, man, I just found this scripture a couple days ago. Isn't this interesting? And then a week after that, I was invited by a Methodist lady uh, to do a tent meeting, which we're going to be, which is coming up in August here, and uh, for three Methodist churches are coming together, United Methodist churches, and they rented a tent and they're doing this tent meeting, and and they invited me to come preach this tent meeting for them. Amen. Yeah, rejoice. Yeah, three United Methodist churches, man. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. I don't know if you know anything. There's a lot of stuff going on with the Methodist church. There's division. They're, they're looking to split over issues that they're arguing about and things. And so, praise God, I'm expecting revival in these, in these Methodist churches. God cares about them. Amen. And so then just last night, 
I got invited to do another tent meeting with three other evangelists in Des Moines, Iowa, and uh, two other, I'm the third, excuse me, there's three of us that'll be doing it, and uh, just last night, I got invited to do this, and the Lord's doing something, and it got me thinking about it, and so, you know, I remember, I'm going to share a couple stories, we're going to pray for the sick here today at the end of the service, if anybody would like hands laid on you, we're going to do that, we're going to believe Jesus to heal people, just like he did two weeks ago, amen. I have no sufficiency of myself, my sufficiency is of him, but bless God, he is sufficient, amen. He's sufficient for whatever you're facing this morning. So I remember back, uh, how far should I go back? Let's see. So, you know, my father, (laughs) in the beginning, the Lord, you know, created, no. All right, so (laughs) my dad, my dad, I've I've shared the story many times, I think, as I've preached here at ECF. My dad was the first Christian in our family, and he was the first one that that was born again and became a Christian. And through him, his parents got born again, and his brother got born again. And, but, so it's funny. It doesn't just have to go from you down. It could go from you back to those who are even older than you. Somebody say amen. Amen. And uh, that's how it was in our family. My dad was the first one, but it didn't just go down from there. It went back, and his, both his parents got born again, and his brother got born again. And thank God, his, his sister-in-law got born again and came to know Jesus. But my dad got saved, and then he, he you know, he... Uh, he walked into this, into this bookstore, and he, he was saved in a Baptist church and didn't really heal, hear anything about healing in the church that he got saved in. Thank God for the Baptist. My dad was, had a miraculous salvation testimony that he just felt God physically drawing him, like pulling him up out of the seat. He had to fight it, was holding on to the edge of the seat. And that's how he got born again, man. But he, he didn't hear much about healing. And my dad, he got born again when he was in the Marines, and he was wounded in Vietnam, and he was dealing with some PTSD after he got out. And Thank God he, he found these books in a Christian bookstore from a guy he never heard of. And God just led him to get these books. The man's name was Kenneth Hagen, and, the, and there was stories in there about how he was healed and raised up off his deathbed. And my dad read those stories, first time he'd ever heard anything like that. And he said he was like a, a, a man dying of thirst in the desert who just found water. And he just started to devour these books and, and listen to them. And I still remember, man, my dad... Back in, the, back in the day, man, he used to take a battery-operated cassette player and take it to work, and he'd listen to tapes all day in his work truck, man, and just listen to the Word. Aren't you thankful? Amen. How, isn't it wonderful how accessible these things are today? Amen? And he'd just feed on the Word. Well, he, he was wounded in his ear in a firefight in Vietnam, and the Navy doctors had told him that he would totally lose his hearing uh, they told him that when he was 21. He turned 21 in Vietnam, and they told him that he would lose his hearing in that ear, but God healed his ear. And when my dad went home to be with Jesus in his 70s, he still could hear through that ear. Amen. And uh, he was set free from PTSD. Uh, he had this recurring nightmare, and one night he was just standing on the word, and one night God totally set him free, and that power was broken off of his life, and he never had it again. For years and years and years of his life, he was free. Amen. Thank God Jesus sets the captives free, doesn't he? Amen. Sometimes I, I hear atheists, you know, and they talk about, oh, I used to be a Christian, and you hear their stories, and it's so sad because they, you know, they were raised in some 
you know, a lot of the ones I've heard anyways, people that were just raised in some really dead, un, you know, no experience, just dogma, and they've just kind of, they've kind of heard the philosophy of Christianity, but they never experienced the living Jesus. And I think, man, they're at such a disadvantage. How sad, you know. So my mission is life, as I want to intro, in life, as I want to introduce as many people as possible to a living Jesus. Amen. A Jesus who still heals today. A, a Jesus who still breaks bondage today. A Jesus who still, I just think to myself, I listen to even well-known atheists and I think, my God, if they had just met the Jesus I met, there's no way that they could say the things that they're saying, amen. Hallelujah. I I like to say it this way, you know, it's, uh, it would be unreasonable for me not to believe in God. Somebody say amen. It wouldn't be a crime against faith. It would be a crime against human reasoning. It would be a crime against sound judgment, amen. Hallelujah. Are you with me this morning? Where was I? So my dad, you know, he never, he never heard about healing, but then he did. And then he got healed. And man, it started to take hold in our household. And, and he really didn't know, you know, the church he went to at the time, he didn't really know many other Christians who believe like this. Uh, you know, that it just per, the particular church we went to, it wasn't really a big part of the culture there, healing. And, and, but my dad had gotten a hold of this message, you know. It always been in the Bible, though. It was right there on every page, isn't it? Amen. And I remember I heard the story, I was really young, but <laughs> one, one Sunday in the church we went to, this woman fell down in the front of the church, in the, front, in the main aisle of the church, and, and she started having a seizure. And a pretty decent sized church, you know, several hundred people there. And my dad's there, and my, my dad had been, you know, healed and had been talking to my mom about it. And my mom pushes my dad out into the aisle of the church. And she says, you believe in that healing stuff, do something. <laughs> Hallelujah. How'd you like that to be your entrance into healing ministry, amen? And so my dad prayed for her in the name of Jesus, you know, just, out, just pushed, out, <laughs> pushed out into the aisle. Prayed for her in Jesus' in Jesus name, not his name, not my name, not the name of any church that he went to, in Jesus' name. Like we talked about two Sundays ago, that precious name. Instantly the, the seizure stopped. It instantly stopped. And she was in, you know, fine, and everything was calm. Peace came to her, you know. Called my dad after the service. She called him at home and said, you know, that's never happened before. It's never stopped like that. It's never just stopped like that. Hallelujah, but Jesus is able to calm any storm, amen? It might be a storm in your body. It might be a storm in your finances. It might be a storm in your family. It might be a storm at your workplace. Aren't you glad that that name that is above every other name named? And there is not a, there is not a storm that the name of Jesus cannot calm. Amen? So we... uh. You know, kind of grew up with this. One of the testimonies that that happened, and my dog was healed when we were, when we when I was young. My dog got cancer, and uh, and the doctor. We had a Sikh doctor, you know, an Indian man, and he wore a turban and, and beard, you know. And and uh, we took the we, we took the dog to the doctor, and he said she's not going to live longer than a month, and gave us some medication just to make her more comfortable. That would you know, that would last a month. He said, you'll, you won't have to have this refilled. She won't outlast it. You know, my dad, he's, he's on fire about this stuff that's going on and that the word of God is true. How many believe the word of God is true? 
and he finds a scripture in Deuteronomy 28. Anybody ever read about the blessings of Abraham in Deuteronomy 28? One of these blessings, if you ever read it, is that your livestock will be blessed. Amen? And when, you, when you're living in Parma, Ohio, you know, six miles from downtown Cleveland, the only livestock you have room for is a miniature collie. Amen? And that was our livestock, you know. And uh, my dad, I could still see as we were in the living room, we all laid hands on that dog. And he said, cancer is not a blessing. How many believe cancer is not a blessing? I don't care what anybody who's deceived and confused and they say that, you know, the Lord sends it to be some kind of blessing. It's not a blessing. From Genesis to Revelation, it's a curse. And the Bible says Jesus went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. Amen. Bible talks a woman who, about a woman who was bent over for 18 years with the spirit of infirmity. That wasn't God's spirit. Hallelujah. That wasn't God's spirit that bent that woman over for 18 years. Amen. Because Jesus rebuked it and set her free. Amen. Is this helping anybody? Hallelujah. Amen. So we prayed for this dog, a dog, prayed for the dog. My dad said, cancer's not a blessing. And he said, Lord, you said that our livestock would be blessed. How many know you could stand on the word? And you could trust God to back up his word. God is not a liar. God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should change his mind. Amen. Some people, when we're bold about things, they say, well, you just can't boss God around and you can't. Listen, standing on God's word is not bossing God around. That's just saying that just that's just expecting him not to be a liar. That's just saying, I believe that you told the truth. Amen. Hallelujah. What honors God more than that? Praise God. So anyways, the, the dog month goes by, right? Say so we got this month of medication, you know, medication runs out, all the symptoms left. The dog was throwing up and stuff and she, you know, like it was bad. All of a sudden she's running around. She's normal. The medication's gone. Now what do we do? My mom takes the dog back to the vet, he, the Sikh man, you know, he examines her. He says, listen, he says, pulls my mom aside. Listen, if I told my colleagues that this dog that I sent the blood test to, you know, my colleagues in the lab that I sent the blood test to, if I told them that this dog was still alive, he said they would laugh at me. That's what he said. He said there's one explanation for this. Your God healed this dog. Amen. Hallelujah. That's what the doctor said, you know. The dog lived for years after that. She lived a long, full life, you know. A dog. Everybody said, if God will do that for a dog, he'll do it for me. Say it. <laughs> Amen. A dog, man. The blessings of Abraham. But the word of God is true, you know. But so we, I, I grew up, like I said, man, I feel, I feel bad for some people because you know, I grew up in a house and in, in a household and where there was miracles that took place, where it was a living Jesus. It wasn't just some kind of, just not an idea, not just, well, you know, Christian morals are good. It's a good way to raise the kids. It's just a good, you know, it's good to have some kind of religious morals. It just gives us a, gives us a guideline. Listen, Jesus didn't come to give us a moral code. Amen. The Bible says he came to, he came to destroy the works of the devil. Praise God. And I thank God, man, I just like, it wasn't just some kind of philosophy that we had among many. It wasn't just a, a philosophy on the smorgasbord of philosophies that this just seemed to be the one that fit us. This seems to be our truth. No, it's not our truth. It's the truth. Amen. And that truth, it wasn't just an idea and it wasn't just a concept, but that truth healed my father's ear, set him free from PTSD, raised a dog from the dead practically. Amen. Amen. 
Yeah, hallelujah. Thank God it's truth that'll change your life. It's not just an idea. It's not just a concept. It's not just like I said, one, 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 one philosophy among many. And it's just the one that, that, this is the one that we in the Western world seems to fit best for us. No, I'm telling you, it is a person. And his name is Jesus. And he was born of a virgin. And he died on a cross for your sins. And he rose again. And he is alive today. Amen. And he is still healing and setting free the captives like he's always done. But you know, so I, I was raised in this atmosphere, but honestly, I had never, and I'm sure there had been some at different places in time, but I grew up and heard some great testimonies, but I'd never really seen what you would consider what we call signs and wonders. You know, I'd heard great, my dad's healing testimonies were amazing, but happened at the house, you know, like just as he, as he just stood on the word himself. Never even really had anybody pray for him. You know, didn't know anybody who would believe like he did, who, could, who would pray for him, you know. And aren't you glad that, well, that's good news, man, because when you're alone, Jesus is still accessible, amen. If you can't find an evangelist or an apostle or a prophet or anybody else, you can still find Jesus. He's as close as his name, amen. And so, but, so he, you know, I'd never, and I'd been in services, and I'd never seen, like, the things that we'd read about in the Bible. I'd never seen like, um, you know, like I said, I'd heard great testimonies, but I never saw somebody throw down their crutches or get up out of a wheelchair or something like that. You know, I'm just saying this was my personal experience. I'm not saying it wasn't happening other places, you know, but that's just, I hadn't seen it. So I go to, uh, a friend of mine got born again in, when I was in high school. Is this helping anybody today? Are you getting something out of this? All right, good. A friend of mine got born again when I was in high school, and uh, she, uh, she, had been, she had had a rough lifestyle, but her grandmother was a radical Pentecostal, you know, an old school. <laughs> and, uh, man, two times in her life, the Lord woke her up and gave her a phone number, and she called the phone number, and it was somebody about to commit suicide that she had never met ever in her life. And she led them to the Lord, and they lived instead of died and didn't commit suicide two times. Amen. Hallelujah. And Lord gave her a phone number, man. Do you realize, like, the margin of error on a phone number, you know? I think the Lord's telling me this. No, you've got to get, you know, 918. You know, you, gotta, you need it all, man. She called, the, wakes up, Lord gives her a number, calls the number, leads the person to the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That sounds like Jesus. Amen. That sounds like Pentecost to me. Praise God. So she comes to us. I had, I had massive respect for this woman, you know. And she comes to us and says, you know, there's this guy doing this, this tent meeting. And he's coming to Cleveland. I'd never been to a tent meeting. At this point in time, I'm 20, 21 years old, somewhere in there. 90s. Uh, early 90s, and, and, she's, and she says, uh, 95, I think it was actually, 94, 95. So she says, uh, you got to come see this guy. He's last of, of a breed, you know. He's last of, these, of an old timer. His name was R.W. Schombach. I don't know if anybody ever heard of him. <laughs> yeah, some folks heard of him, you know. And I'd never heard of him at that time. And, and, and she, he, she says, you, you guys should come. 
Now, this woman was born again in an Ernest Angley tent meeting in the 1960s. Was Ernest Angley on TV out here in, in Erie? Anybody know Ernest Angley? Just me and Brother Paul. <laughs> Ernest Angley, man. I'm telling you, he had a weird way about him, but God used him, you know? I remember as a kid always watching him. He just had this real flamboyant way, you know? And he was based out of Akron, Ohio. And uh, he thought, man, I'm telling you, I preach at a church in Painesville now. I preach at this Pentecostal church in Painesville. And the pastor, had, there was a deaf woman in his church. And he took her to an Ernest Angley meeting in the 70s or 80s. And God opened up her ear and she came back healed. And she could still hear, you know, for years and years, man. God healed her. Praise God. So Kat's grandma, this woman I'm talking about who gets, got the phone number, she was born again late in her life. Like, you know, as far as that goes statistically, like she was in her 40s already. She got born again in an Ernest Angley tent meeting. And she tells me to come see this, this uh, Schombach, uh, come to the Schombach meeting. I said, I'm there, I'm going, you know. So we went and I ushered actually. And I, man, I saw some things that I never saw before. I'd read about it and I could share more about just how God was stirring my heart and I'd read about it. But I remember this 15-year-old boy uh, came up and he prayed for him and he was deaf. And you couldn't, you know, obviously you can't hear when somebody begins to hear, but you could just see it on his face, man. He walked, after he was prayed for, he walked to the edge of the platform. He went off by himself in a corner, and he just for 15 minutes walked back and forth with both hands in the air, tears pouring down his face, and then he gave his testimony a few minutes after that. And you're just like, of course God did that. You could see it all over his face, you know, you could see that it happened. And then some other things happened, you know, just test. And I just saw people walk, you know, come up to the prayer line one way and leave a different way right before our eyes. Signs and wonders, you know, and and um, thank God every healing that takes place is miraculous, but not every healing that takes place is a sign. Amen. If, if, if we pray for somebody and they go home and they're healed, we rejoice with them, they're healed. But if it doesn't happen in the room, it's not a sign to those people that are there in the room. Are you hearing me? And so I, I was seeing this for the first time, man. And man, my heart was stirred. Felt just like home, you know? <laughs> you ever go somewhere and you see, you feel like, where have you been all my life? You know, amen. And uh, man, miracles were taking place. And then R.W. Schombach, he would do different services. He's gone on to be with the Lord too. He would do different services every night. One night, for example, was anointing, oil, anointing with oil night. And they didn't just have a little tiny bottle where they just touch your, touch your head, you know, a little bit. He had five-gallon buckets, man, filled with Wesson oil. Better not wear your good clothes to anointing with oil night, amen? And he would dip both hands in and, man, just slather it all over. Everything was oiled up, man, you know? There was, if something didn't happen it was not going to be for lack of oil amen <laughs> that that was covered thoroughly you know that was that was <laughs> hallelujah man it was covered and then there was then there was double portion night and it was taken from the story of Elijah and Elisha and you know that Elisha didn't say I want just as much as Elijah had but he said Lord give me a double portion how many of you believe in this day and in this hour we don't need just some of what they had in days gone by? I want you to know we, we, we need to be bold and ask God. And we, not, we need to say not just do it again, but we need to say, Lord, we're believing you and petitioning you to do more than you've ever done because the lost need it, the sick need it, the bound need it. We, we need everything you've got to give in this hour, Father. 
And we need to put a demand on it in faith and in prayer because I want you to know we don't have a reluctant God. We don't have a stingy God. We don't have a God who's holding back in 2022. The Bible says the eyes of the Lord look to and fro throughout the whole earth and he's looking to show himself mightily on behalf of those whose hearts are loyal towards him. He is not holding back. He is not, he is looking. He is looking for an opportunity. He is looking for an open door. He is looking for somebody to work with. Everybody say, that's me, I'm here, Lord. Amen. Where was I? Shambach's tent. So then double portion night, right? <laughs> double portion night. And I came in faith to double portion night. I'm an usher, you know. And God's touching people, and I'm just believing God for some, a touch from the Lord, you know. This is all new to me, man, you know. <laughs> and uh, praise God, I'm there. And whole service goes through, but I'm working. I'm an usher. I don't have a chance to get prayed for. And uh, I said, uh, you know, what do I do now? I'm just sitting there after the service is closed, but they're still kind of folding up stuff and getting, you know, I'm, and Brother Schombach already went back to the car and he's off to the restaurant or something, but the, there's an associate evangelist still up on the platform. And I'm sitting there just kind of praying to the Lord quietly, Lord, what do I do? I came in faith. I came expecting to receive from, something from the Lord. I'm not planning on leaving until I get something. I, I, I put a demand on, in faith on it, amen. And I'm like, and I saw another pastor I knew over to the side, and I said, well, maybe I'll have him pray for me. I said, I came for something. I'm just, you know, it's not too late for God. Somebody say amen. And I'm just holding on in faith. Service is over. What difference does that make? You know, Jesus didn't put up his, I'll be back tomorrow at 10 sign, amen. He's still there. Holy Ghost is still there. So I'm just saying, I'm still, I'm still here. I came tonight with something in mind. Why leave not? Why leave without it? Amen. Uh, is this helping you? Hallelujah. There's a whole message right there. I think maybe next time that'll be it, you know. <laughs> but as I'm sitting here having this private conversation with the Lord and wondering what to do, asking the Lord, I feel a tap on my shoulder. I turn around. I, this woman says, listen. She says, uh, I don't know, you know, just, she sees I'm an usher. She says, I twisted my ankle in the parking lot. And she said, uh, some, you know, somebody's got to pray for me. I can't drive home. And uh, I said, all right, I'll go ask the evangelist, you know, because the associate evangelist was still up on the platform. I walk up on the platform, guy by the name of Ted Shuttlesworth said, Brother Shuttlesworth, I said, this woman here, she twisted her ankle in the parking lot. She said she needs somebody to pray for or she can't drive home. Would you please come and pray for her? I'll never forget it. I can still see him, man. He's, get, he's collecting up his Bibles and stuff. He stops. He looks up in the air. I just, I just believe to me it seemed like the Lord was speaking to him because this moment changed my life. He looks up for a minute, then he looks at me, and he says, well, brother, what are you doing here talking to me? Amen. Hallelujah. And man, that's all I needed, man. I was, it was like he opened up the gate, man. I'm like, you know, and I just went out running like a greyhound chasing the rabbit, man. I was like, absolutely. I went, I marched right down to that woman, man. I don't even remember exactly what I said. I said, you know, brother, brother Shuttlesworth said that I should pray for you. God's going to heal you tonight. You know, we've been all stirred up watching everything happen. I commanded that ankle to be healed. I took her by the hand. I started walking her around the front of the platform she's walking man all the pain is gone first miracle i ever saw was under a tent somebody else's tent but it was under a tent <laughs> amen 
I'm rejoicing with this woman, man. God touched her. Jesus touched her. Amen. That's not a philosophy. That's not, amen. That's not, a philosophy doesn't cause ankles to be healed and swelling to go down. Are you hearing me this morning? That's not just a concept. That's not just my way of looking at it. Are you hearing me? That's Jesus. Amen. So, as, as we're rejoicing over this woman's ankle, another woman taps me on the shoulder. She says, I have arthritis all through my body. Would you pray for me? We've got a second healing service going at this point, you know? <laughs> like, I don't recommend it, right? I'm, we're, we're sitting there. Some, I could just imagine what people were thinking, you know? This guy trying to do his own thing up here, you know? And <laughs> I really wasn't. So we prayed for that woman. Man, I'm telling you that after, after prayed for her, uh, you know, just the Holy Ghost came on me. I don't know how else to describe it. And I started running in the spirit. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? And an unusual, a, a rare experience in my life, even still, you know, I was running backwards and, and, and people were watching me and they said, we knew it was God. No music, no service, man. People are leaving. Service is over. I'm by myself. <laughs> and uh, they said, you'd be running backwards, but you would be just about to hit something and you would turn and go the other way. They said, we knew that it had to be God because you, were, you couldn't see. You know, you couldn't see behind you to see that row of chairs that you would almost go. Well, it was a blessing. Amen. But it happened under, the, it happened under a tent. And I remember one day I was, I was uh, I'm going somewhere with this. You still with me? All right. Praise God. So one day... My pastor, I grew up in a church on the west side of Cleveland. It's not there anymore, North Olmstead. And uh, pastor handed me a book one Sunday. I walked in, and it was by a, a man by the name of uh, Robert Slyardin, and it was a book called God's Generals. Anybody ever read God's Generals? And he had all these, all these profiles in there. Some of the names I knew. Amy Simple McPherson started the Foursquare Movement. Uh, you know, people that I'd heard of, John G. Lake, I'd heard of Lake, Wigglesworth, of course I'd heard of Wigglesworth, but then there were some other names that I hadn't heard of, A.A. A. Allen and Jack Coe, and I'd never heard of these guys who had bold, bold healing ministries in the 40s and 50s, and I, I, I uh, brought the book home, my dad and I, and it, in the evening, I, I, you know, I'd read already a couple of the, to a couple of the stories, and, and uh, it just had gripped my heart, and I said, Dad, you got to hear this. I've never heard anything like this. I've never seen anything like this. And there's stories in there. I'll share a couple, you know, different stories I've heard. And I said, you got to hear this. And we sat from like, I don't know what time we started. It was like seven or eight. We sat at that table until two in the morning, just passing that book back and forth between us, reading those stories to each other. Amen. Stirred in our hearts about how God's glory and power was shown among these people at different times in history. My mentor, uh, David Horton, an evangelist that I used to work with, had a story about it happened under an Oral Roberts tent. And it was his mom, uh, excuse me, his grandma and his mother, but his grandma was the one. They went to an Oral Roberts meeting in Florida, and she had a big goiter on her neck, a visible one. And, you know, we don't see that much anymore because of medication and things like that. But, you know, in that day, it was 40s, 50s, it was a bigger problem than it is now. And this woman had a goiter. David's grandmother had a goiter and she went to the meeting believing God for healing, but she lived in, in Georgia and they'd taken the train down to come to the meeting and she had to get back for work. She had to go back to work and you know, that's the last, it's the end of the night and she can't go. 
she can't go back. So, you know, she's like, I'm never going to get to the healing line. We're talking five, six, seven thousand people, whatever. You know, they're praying for everybody. Sometimes they'd pray till two in the morning. She can't stay for that. She's got to get on a train and go back, you know. So she says, you know what? Jesus is here, right here where I'm at in my seat. And she says, he could heal me right now. I'll just release my faith now and, 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 you know, and, and receive my healing now right from my seat. Jesus is here. I might not be able to get to Brother Roberts, Brother Oral, but Jesus is here with me back in this row. And she released her faith, and her mother t- tells the story. That thing just, it, it just re- disappeared right off of her neck, visibly, just gone right there. She sat in her seat. Amen. Yeah, come on. Let's give God praise for that. Amen. Yeah. Yeah, but that's the point I wanted to get to. You know, like, like this has been, uh, this is something that's been stirring in my heart. It's interesting. There's, there's nothing, like I said, super, I'm excited about these tent meetings. There's nothing special about the tent in itself, but it represents something, especially, you know, to, to those of us in the, in the body of Christ. You know, it represents something. And it's not about those men. It's not about, uh, it's not about the, the, their, even the names themselves. But it was just like that, you know, David's mother said. She said, Jesus, Jesus is still here. Jesus, you know what I like about it? It's not, you know, it's, it's not, a, it's not a, about a tent. It's not about a style of music. It's not about how they dressed or any of their style of ministry. It's about how they let Jesus be Jesus. Amen. And how much Jesus was seen and attested to this to this nation through signs, wonders, and miracles. And how many of you know that Jesus needs to be attested to this nation once again through signs, wonders, and miracles like never before? Not as much as the 50s. We need more than anything that's been seen before, amen. Are you with me? And so my heart is stirred. But this is the point I wanted to say. Jesus, she said, you know, I don't, I don't even need to get in that prayer line Jesus is here with me, right here in the seat. Jesus is here today, isn't he? Amen. That same Jesus who walked the shores of Galilee, that same Jesus who opened deaf ears and opened blind eyes in the Gospels, he's here today. Everybody say, he's here today. Hallelujah. And thank God for every man and woman who's ever served God. But we need to realize that without Jesus, they're just as powerless as you and I. Amen. There's never been any man without Jesus that had the power to heal. There's never been any man that had the power, that had power, any woman had power to set free a captive. It's always been Jesus. Amen. And Jesus hasn't gone out of the miracle business. He hasn't gone out of the healing business, but he's still the same and he's still doing it today. And he's here this morning amen hallelujah now since that time you know i shared that a little bit of some of my beginnings and some things that are happening agree with us for that methodist tent meeting amen uh agree believe with us for miracles you know you guys are a part of it you go where we go this church supports us so you know you guys go where we go amen and uh we're believing god we've jocelyn and i have had a have had a vision on our heart that we were, were working on to to go uh, a nationwide campaign, and we're working on it, and God's been guiding us, but for this very thing, not just to 
fill a, a schedule, not just to book meetings, but to take a living, miracle-working Jesus, amen, to people who need it. Parts of this vision have been unfolding. We always knew we'd do something intense, you know, and now this, this, that, and we always knew we'd do something on Native American reservations, and I shared with you how that door opened up just a, uh, the two weeks ago when we were here. We'll be back there at the end of September. We just talked to him a few days ago. This time we're gonna, we added a couple more days, amen, and so it's growing. It's moving in the right direction, amen. But the whole purpose is Jesus, and Jesus is here today. Amen. Is there anybody here this morning who would like hands laid on you for healing? Raise your hand so I could see it. Anybody this morning? Yeah, a couple folks there. Good. Amen. Yeah, well, we'll we'll pray for people in just a moment here. Everybody say it again. Say, Jesus is here. John 14, 12 is our main scripture that we stand on, and we're going to just pray for people real quickly in just a moment here. John 14, 12, Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, whosoever believeth in me, the works that I do would they do also. And greater works than these, because I go unto the Father, whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, he said. Whatever you ask in my name, that I will do. Whatever you ask in my name, that I will do. So let's just think like that woman did in that Oral Roberts tent meeting, that yeah, she couldn't get to Oral, that's all right, because Jesus was there, amen. Yeah, it's nice, whatever, I love coming here, I love to come and see you, but that's not what my faith is in. My faith is in the fact that Jesus is here, and there is not a sickness or disease or work of the devil that can resist nor stand against him, amen. But he's here to do what he's always done. Those who've raised your hands, you'd like hands laid on you for healing, just you could start coming to the front and just line up across the front here and Jocelyn and I will just come and pray for you. Amen. Those of you who remain in your seats, if you would just uh, agree with us from your seats, man, and you could just stretch forth your hand or you could even put it on the seat back of the, just as a, a point of contact of the seat in front of you and just pray from your seat as if you were praying with us. Agree with us for these people and let's not be surprised. How many believe God's gonna touch people here today? Amen. Yeah, sure, sure. And yeah, we could play a little bit of music while we pray with folks and uh, that would be great. Thank you. Praise God. That'd be a blessing. Amen. And just as you're in your seats. Let's just agree together. Amen. Hallelujah. Jesus is here. Glory to God. People are leaving change today. Amen. People are leaving free today because Jesus is here to help people. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Let's rejoice together. Amen. Come on now. Let's praise God. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to wrap it up. I don't want to take too long, but Real quick, who says something's different in my body? Even already, something has changed. Hold your hand up so we could see it. Yeah, what? Yeah, what's going on, sister? Just shout it out. Yeah, yeah. Amen. Let's rejoice with her. Amen. God touched her neck. Just a couple more, real quick, just to encourage people. Say something. Yeah, Eric. Yeah. What? Yeah. What happened? Yeah. Yeah, amen. Let's rejoice with her. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. A couple, yeah, at least one more. At least one more. Three's a good number. You know, somebody, one more person says something's different. Be bold. I know you're out there. Praise God. Amen. One more person said something changed. Don't be shy. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, listen, we'll do this. I always do this. Uh, if you, you don't, I'm not going to make anybody say anything, but just by a show of hands. Who says, yeah, something changed in my body. Everybody, even if you spoke, hold your hands up so we can see them and look around back there, back there. Let's rejoice with these people this morning. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord.
Now listen, I do this. I, I'm gonna go quick. You know, I know we gotta get moving here, but uh, I ask who, who, who already notices something different for the signs and wonders value, for that, that you could look here and say, my God, you know, I, that man couldn't do that, of course. This, Erica, she came in here, her back hurting, and now all that pain gone. I couldn't do that. Jesus did that, amen. And other people who came, you know, and things we heard last week, and they say, yeah, it's been like this for years. I remember people last week saying, my back's been like this for three years, whatever, and the pain's gone this morning. Only Jesus could do that. But listen, there'll be testimonies, we always hear them, that people, I went home, and praise God, or I, six months, I stood. I had a guy, man, I prayed for him in a service. He said his back felt a little better, and I got a letter from him six months later, and he was off disability, and he was back to work, amen. If you were in that service, and, he's, and all he said was, man, I feel a little better, you'd say, oh, God didn't do nothing for that, man, you know? No, amen, hold fast to the word, Amen. If you released your faith this morning, I know some people said some things that they wouldn't even know. You know, it's like, well, at night this happens or whatever. Uh, you know, sometimes you need a test or you need a blood test or you need a scan or whatever. Just trust God. Just take hands were laid on me. The Bible says believers will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. You could stand on that. We laid hands on you in obedience to the word this morning. Hold fast to God's word. Don't let the devil talk you out of it. Amen. And I'll tell you what, if you stick with God's word, it'll stick with you. Amen? Every time. Praise God. Let's rejoice one more time for the thank the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're wrapping it up, but the most important thing I want to take care of, just mention today, is if you're here this morning, listen, man, I'm telling you, I, 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 my, my heart, I want you to know this, Jesus. He's not, uh, he's not, a fairy tale. He's not a make-believe friend. My brother, when he was in Iraq uh, with the Marines, fellow Marines, when he would pray and stuff, they'd say, oh, God's just a make-believe friend for grown-ups. Uh, until, until they saw how God protected my brother in combat, and then they asked him to pray for them. Amen. No, he's not a make-believe friend. Amen. He's a real friend, and he's the best friend you'll ever have. He's a healing friend. He's a delivering friend, and he is a saving friend. And God wants you to be part of his family. And God's family is the only family that you're not a part of unless you choose to be. Whatever family you were born into, for whatever good or whatever bad it is, none of us had a choice in the family we were born into. But I want you to know that you've got a choice if you want to be in God's family or not. In fact, you cannot be in the family unless you choose to be. But you can choose to be. He's made the way for you and nothing is keeping you out, amen. There's nothing that can keep you out. There's nothing that, there's no past mistake, there's no sin, there's no, there's nothing that can keep you out of the family of God because Jesus has bought your way in. And all you need to do is just receive the invitation. The invitation has been sent. The good news is that Jesus made the way for God so loved the world. That means you, that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. The invitation has been sent. And all you have to do is receive that invitation and say, yeah, I want to be a Christian. I want to be part of God's family. Brother Jeremy, would you pray with me? I'm not going to ask you to come down, but if, if that's you this morning, would you just lift your hand up so I could see it so I know who I'm praying with? If that's you and you're here, and you say, I don't know if I'm part of God's family, but I want to be. I don't know Jesus. I don't know if I'm going to heaven. I don't know where I stand, but I want to know. Would you pray for me? If that's you here this morning, would you raise your hand? 
All right, everybody say, it's good to be saved. Turn to your neighbor, say, it's good to be saved, neighbor. As we close, I'm just going to pray a quick prayer, though. Let's all pray together anyways. Amen. And the Bible says if you call on the name of the Lord, because I know there's people, we, they, they live stream and stuff, so I want to make sure, even if it's not somebody in this room, even if it's not today, at a later date, I want to make sure we pray. And let's pray together. Dear Jesus, I believe you died on the cross. I believe you rose again from the dead. Forgive me of my sins. Take my life. Be my Lord and Savior. I accept you, Jesus. And you accept me. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, I'm just going to be obedient here. If you need to leave, you can leave. Pastor, Pastor Jeremy, Reverend Jeremy and Jocelyn, I'm going to ask that you guys um, be willing to pray. If you, have a, if you have suffered from a broken heart, okay, you know, it's really, it's something different to stand up and to walk forward when, you're, when you are suffering and when you have pain um, in your heart. And there's healing that God, I believe that, I believe that there's healing that God is doing in the hearts of his people that is unseen. And it's like that man who said it felt a little bit better. And then you got a letter six months later. And this is a thing that I say, it's like, you just want God to heal it. You just want him to fix it. Just fix me, just fix me. And he cannot do that because you are not destroyed. You belong to him. And he does a work in your life and he does miracles that there's no blood test for. And he does miracles that there's no x-ray for, but suddenly time moves and you just keep holding on to faith and you keep holding on to hope and you keep holding on that Jeremy and Jocelyn prayed for me. And I remember, I remember I went home and I felt different, but I'm struggling now, but I'm holding on to faith. And this is journey. And you look back and suddenly you realize that you are a miracle, that you are a miracle, that he didn't just fix you because that would negate you. He wanted you. And he sews up these broken pieces in your heart. He pulls you together. He knits you together. He forms something together that there's no x-ray to see. If that's you this morning, if that's you this morning, I want you to come up. I want you to just come up right now because I'm not going to close service. If you need to leave, go ahead. It's okay. But if you need prayer because you have a broken heart, I just want to invite you to come up doesn't matter if there's a reason you can point to and say, well, this happened in my life and this broke me. Maybe you just feel a brokenness inside. You don't know where it started. You don't know where it began, but you want it, you want it good gone. You want it good gone. And it's the living Jesus. It's the living Jesus who binds up the brokenhearted. And this morning, we're going to pray and we're going to lay hands on you. Actually, I'm going to turn around. I'm going to get hands laid on me because I just want to be bound up. I want all the broken places bound and healed, continued healing over and over and over. Also, I just want to encourage anybody that um, maybe you were prayed for last time we were here, but you were like, well... Would that negate my faith somehow to come up? You know, we had, I just went up two weeks ago, and I just want, you know, maybe you even saw a little bit of change, but you just want to see further change. You think about the man in the Bible uh, where Jesus ministered to him the first time, and he said, you know, it was the blind man, and he said, well, how do you see? And he says, I see men like trees. And then he ministered to him again. So you coming up, it's not going to negate your faith. We're just jumping on the, 
the train that's already moving, <laughs> adding our faith to yours, and we're going to see change come just through, you know, taking authority over the devil. You know, sometimes we just don't put enough force on it. Sometimes we're not just like, okay, it, th- this is it. I'm done with this. And so we're just going to take authority with you and uh, join our faith with yours. So come on up if that's you too. So what I can tell you, I'd raise my hand and say, what's different? What's different is when you experience certain kinds of trauma as a child, your brain actually develops differently. It begins, it, it changes the course of your physical development, your physical brain neurology. And this is the conversation I've been having with the Lord, like, God, fix it fix it because there's these, there's thoughts that come and there's these conversations that happen that are not right. They're not right. I don't want to have the conversation. And Jeremy did not know that. Okay. So my prayer was, and as he's praying for me, I, I feel when I come under certain attacks, I feel it all at the base of my skull. And so as he's praying, I just feel this opening up at the back. I felt this opening up and this drawing together of two things. From, from the base of my skull into the, into the bottom of my neck. So it's like this, deve- it's in development, things occur when you are a child under trauma. And that is what I was believing for. So I believe something is different this morning. I believe something is different this morning. And y'all know I wouldn't come up here and say it if it wasn't true. And it's hard when you're praying for that, when you're praying for a broken heart or you're praying for those struggles, it's so hard because there is no x-ray and there's no blood test. You just feel like you're just... There's nothing to be done but the living Jesus, but the living Jesus. So praise God. All right. Now I got this. Well, that was church. <laughs> Family of God coming together and seeing God do amazing things. Uh, I do want to mention, I know there's only a few of us left here. If you do want to, we support uh, Jeremy Gall Ministries on a monthly basis, but if you want to give above and beyond that, there's offering envelopes in the back table and in your seat pockets. You just fill that out and just slip it in that uh, box to the left of the door. We'll make sure that those guys get it. But let me just end with this benediction out of Numbers. It says, may the Lord bless you. Just receive this today. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen? Amen. 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 You are dismissed. We love you guys. Have a great day.